You are listening to Tax Able with Natasha Heron. Welcome back to Series 2 of Tax Able with Tash. During this season, I will take you on a deep dive into 12 different industries. Each industry has its own tax consideration and complexities. Together, we will discuss key points to help you feel empowered about tax for your business. In addition to the weekly episodes, I've interviewed a key player within that industry. Want to know how they've achieved their success? Or see whether their journey is similar to yours? Well, make sure you tune in each week. Welcome to another episode of Tax Able. Today we're joined with Andran Luther, who is the CEO and founder of Thrills. And Thrills is an online platform which connects celebrities with their fans through personalized videos. So welcome, Ange. Hi, Tash. Thanks for having me. No problem. So I've given a brief overview of Thrills, but can you tell me a little bit more about the company? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So uh, we're a firm based in London. We um, are a technology platform allowing celebrities to connect with their fans and businesses across the globe. Um, We have a team of 10 people now um, in London and Europe, and we have over a thousand celebrities um, who are really enjoying connecting and and, um, communicating with with their fans. Um, We've founded in 2020 we've been going for just over a year now yeah um and we've been growing really fast and yeah obviously we're here in our in-house content studio in london um which we use to um, have podcasts but also we we bring a lot of our celebrities in here and and have some fun with them oh that's great um so how did you come up with the idea of thrills and when uh yeah so our story um is 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 pretty interesting it's not the 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 kind of typical um startup story uh in terms of my background i um similar to you i i used to work in finance um i'm also a a chartered accountant and i've worked in private equity for a couple years um i left all that to um start working on a technology platform in the event space yeah and i think um, i remember this one where you could book a musician or it's kind of sort of like pop top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Very, yeah. very similar to that business, and it was um, it was using a bit more technology to to facilitate that process to yeah. find entertainers. And um, I spent um, you know eight nine months building that platform in two thousand nineteen. Um, I launched it at the end of that year, uh, and it started doing really well. And at that point, I left my job in London. Mm-hmm. and uh, started focusing on that business. And two three months later. COVID came yeah. and uh, live events went to zero. The, the market was um, you know, kind of evaporated overnight. And all of a sudden we were in a pretty sticky situation because we just raised some, some funding and we were focusing on that business. And then suddenly the market went. So it was at that stage we, we paused and, yeah. and we, we, we took a couple of months to think about what can we do next? Where, you know, what industry is hot right now? Where can we pivot the business to? Um, and I was really lucky to play a lot of sport when I was young. So I played um, tennis and cricket for Scotland and, and I had a few um, connections within the sporting arena. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty clear that famous individuals in the UK were also struggling um, during COVID because a lot, a lot of their corporate speaking engagements had been taken yeah. away from them. So by speaking to them and um, also having a lot of kind of thought, thinking time myself, I, I, I realized actually let's move into the celebrity space and, and let's move into technology to help them 
um, you know, have a direct source of income and, and not rely solely on the on the corporate speaking um, element of, of, of their their revenue stream. So yeah, that was that was the idea. It was it was a, a very kind of traumatic journey when you started. Yeah, stressful when you just stressful. launched a business and then you have a national pandemic and you're like, yeah. what do I do now? Yeah, and it, and it was. Um, what made it even worse was we, we literally closed our funding rounds um, two days before Boris locked the, the whole country down. So um, we were, you know, some say we were you know, really lucky, some say we were very unlucky. I'm mm. always optimistic about everything. So I think we were actually very lucky and very fortunate that we yeah. were able to close the rounds um, you know, just before the lockdown. And that allowed us to have some capital to, to, to get to work on, yeah. on, on thrills and, and the new idea. So um, yeah, really, really stressful time, but yeah, I mean, you know, the life of you know, running a business is, 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 is everyone who runs a business. You have to keep adapting, business. don't you? Everyone wants a plan and wants it to go to plan, but you'll always yeah. deviate slightly. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, I know a lot of other businesses um, you know, have pivoted like over COVID and, and you know, it's a testament to everyone that has because, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty difficult thing to do. But there's been some amazing businesses that have um, you know, come out of, of the pandemic and, and you, know, that you need to show a lot of resilience and, yeah. and drive to kind of you know, navigate something like that. But, um, yeah, you know, crises all also bring opportunity. And, and mm-hmm. I think um, it was good for us to... Um, you know, change the model quickly and, and get back to work. And um, yeah, it was it was an intense period of building another platform. And then yeah, we launched at the end of um, you know twenty twenty was when we really started to kind of get some traction and and, and launch it to the public. Just before another lockdown. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I luckily, think I launched like end of November, December, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, it was at that point. It was actually the the, the lock the second lockdown wasn't as bad for us as the first one because in the yeah. first one the lockdown was affecting the original business idea which was live events yeah but in the second lockdown we built thrills and we had celebrities on the platform mm-hmm. um, that were connecting digitally with their fans so the lockdown actually enhanced that business model at that point because people were stuck at home they couldn't see see celebrities and all of our technology was ready and and, and we we were kind of you know, in, in the market so we actually saw like a really nice growth in, in, in q4 2020 um, and that actually led to us raising another funding round um, in early 2021 amazing and it's a really good idea because celebrities need to connect with their fans to stay relevant and this way they actually get some money out of it because if they're just doing stories and posts on instagram then they're probably not getting much back from it. So at least from this, they're actually getting to convert that and make it a bit more personal for their fans. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really opened up their audience to them and, and you know, it's given them a new way to monetize um, you know, th- their fame. Um, different celebrities across different bands monetize in different ways. And, and yeah, if you're... Um, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo or Kylie Jenner, you know, you're making a million dollars per yeah. Instagram post, but there's um, a huge selection of celebrities that are not in that category. Yeah. Um, and they need different ways of, of monetizing um, their, their, their fan base. So traditionally, the way that they have monetized their fan base is in person um, meet and greets and, and fan engagement events. But the, the problem in that market is it's very expensive because there's only one celebrity, but there's millions of fans. So yeah. there's only so much time that the celebrity can spend with fans. And, and that's why it's so expensive because it's supply and demand. So the way um, that Thrill solves that problem is 
the celebrity without traveling, without um, doing hair and makeup, without rehearsing, um, without you know briefing for for studio days and commuting, mm-hmm. they can um, you know pick up their phone, record a video, send it to their fans, um, and they can scale the the happiness effect. They can yeah. make uh, loads of people really happy um, with minimal effort. So it's yeah, it's working pretty well. Yeah, definitely. I'm just sure they're a fan of that as well. So did you always want to work for yourself or own your own company? Um, good question. I would say yes. Um, but I didn't believe in myself enough to pursue it for a long time. So, mm-hmm. um, I come from an Indian background. My parents are, are both from, from India. I've stayed there for a couple of years and, you know, as you may know, education is really big in, in Indian culture. So, um, there was, you know, pressures and expectations to, to focus on education, which is, you know, why I went down the finance route and became, you know, an accountant and then moved into private equity. Um, but I was always the, the, the rebel in my family and I always deviated from what my parents exactly wanted me to do. So, yeah. um, while I was studying and while I was playing cricket, I launched my first business. So I kind of did that on the side and, um, that was in the event space and I was really lucky that that did quite well. Um, but then I, I got um, put in my lane again um, mm-hmm. at the end of university. My dad was like, yeah, you're not playing cricket anymore. and You're not doing your business. You need to become an accountant. And, and yeah, yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. I, I parked it again um, and then focused on, on, on being um, a professional, which was great. And I, I loved every moment of it and learned loads. Um, but then, yeah, five, six years later, after I moved to London and, and learned a lot working in private equity, um, I you know had the courage and the belief again to to, to do something on my own, and and you know it, it was the entrepreneurial bug inside me that made me leave Partners Group and and yeah. um and and made me you know pursue something on my own. So, um, I I believe like I am an entrepreneur at heart, but yeah, the journey so far um you know has been up and down. Yeah, I mean, it's always going to be, isn't it? Anyone that you talk to that's had a super successful business, they've probably lost everything three or four times before they got that final idea that then takes off. Sometimes it takes off straight away and sometimes it takes years and years and years. It's good you've got an accounting background. I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Well, we, we have a lot in common. And in, in, in before the, the the podcast, we're obviously yeah. talking about all the different taxes. And yeah, um, yeah it's interesting. I think yeah, being an accountant and the training that I went through was was really useful. And um, I always say that you know being a chartered accountant is similar to being like a GP in mm-hmm. in, in, in kind of medical field, where you don't really know. Um, everything about one particular topic so you're not a specialist in like um, a specific field but you know enough about the kind of wide you know arena of business so I I really valued that that qualification that I obtained there because it trained us on how to understand a bit about tax legal employment where to look for information that's the main thing that I find most business owners aren't sure like do you look on a company website do I look at HMRC do I look on like an external you need a source like what we use tollies but which is more geared towards professionals but it has so much information and it's like where do you find it where someone spells it out for you well if you do this this is going to happen yeah I, th- I think the, the, the key to yeah like one, one of the big lessons I've learned is when you don't know something the way to navigate through it is by having the curiosity and having the ability to ask questions mm-hmm. and, and figure out where you need to go and, and, and who you need to ask who you need to speak to um, and, and that usually helps you navigate things and that was what our training helped us do it really helped us 
um, take complex problems and, and um, you know, coach us and train us on how to navigate through these problems. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and now every day, um, you know, the team members will, will, will testify to this is like we, we have problems every single day that none of us know anything about and we don't know, including me. Um, but we always figure Just out a way. Yeah, we figure you. out a way to solve it. And, and that's the challenge of, of kind of being out on your own and not being part of like a, a very, very big company. Where... Have you experienced any difficulties along the way? So I know that you had a bit of a flood just as soon as you opened. <laughs> well, I don't think you'd even open the office. Yeah, I think the better way to phrase that question is, is um, <laughs> how, how many difficulties have you had? Because, um, yeah, it, there's definitely been a lot, um, including, as, as, I, as I mentioned at the beginning, around you know, the, the pivot to the business. Mm-hmm. And you know, that, that was the first like massive obstacle we, we had to overcome. Um, the the flood was 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 a big obstacle. Um, that was we, such a bizarre bit of weather. Yeah, it was crazy, and and it was I would expect that where I'm from in Glasgow, but not in yeah. London. Um, so that was that was pretty crazy. We we moved into this office um, after a four week renovation. We and we you know, when we moved into this place, it was a complete dungeon. Yeah. Um, we spent four weeks renovating it. You know, blood, sweat, and tears. We had a big team doing it. And um, you know, lots of late nights, lots of planning, big, big team effort. And we had a, um, we moved in. I think like three, three days before the flood, we were getting used to our environment, and you know, we're kind of just onboarding everyone into the office. And then um, on the the the, the Monday, uh, we had a big investor um, coming into the office, and it was like the grand kind of opening, and we yeah. were going to roll out the red carpet for him, and we were going to host him in the offices, and you know, he was he was wanting to invest, and it was like a pitch to him. And yes, yeah, Sunday night, I came into the office, luckily, um, to prepare for that meeting yeah. on, on, on Monday. And um, as I sat down an hour later, um, the sink started bubbling up with water. And I was like, what earth is going on? Like, why is the sink like sending water upwards? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm really bad at DIY, so I didn't even clock. Like, I didn't even realize that this could be a potential problem. So I just ignored it. And then an hour later, I went to make a You think a cup it's just going to like go away and it's just going to... Yeah, I just thought it was like, I knew it was raining. I knew there was something going on, but I just thought it would like, I just kind of ignored it. I yeah. probably shouldn't, but I ignored it. And then an hour later, I went through to the kitchen to make a cup of tea and it was just water everywhere. The whole place was flooding. And I was like, oh gosh, this is really bad. So then um, I, I dragged my fiance Kate um, along with me that day to the office. Um, and, and she was helping me kind of lift up furniture and we had the mop and bucket out mm-hmm. and it was really bad. But yeah, that was a difficulty that we overcame. And, and the next day the investor came and we had to go somewhere else. And yeah. um, that, was, that was pretty stressful. Um, but yeah, we've had loads of other things. I mean, you know, you know hired the wrong people um you know there's been mistakes there um you know in 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 the very early days um you know built the first platform with a team in vietnam who didn't speak english um so i had to build a full technology platform via google translate um, because they were the only ones that i could afford to use so yeah lots of obstacles but yeah you just need to find a way to kind of make it happen but yeah even now like we're still you're facing so many new situations that we've yeah. never come across because you know it is such a new industry it's a new business and yeah. you know, we're growing very quickly but with that comes challenges every single day it's exciting but some days you just want an easy day i bet you miss accounting and finance a little bit mm. and you can just go in clock in and clock out but obviously you don't get the same reward but Maybe yeah, like an easy Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I sometimes, um, yeah, I say to my friends, I say to to Kate, my fiance, that um, yeah, sometimes I do miss 
um, you're working in private equity, which is also very demanding. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different it's, type of stress yeah, and demand. Yeah, because yeah. you can clock off at like, you know, seven, eight, you go home and um, you don't need to think about it. Whereas the the, the, the kind of most stressful part of, of running your own company is that it's always in your mind 24 hours a day, seven yeah. days a is week. Is it flooding again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, is it flooding? You know, you know what's going on with, with the growth? You know, how are the celebrities? How are the customers? Mm. How is the team? Are the deals going through? Are we raising money? Just you know, never average, switch yeah, off. Just, yeah, just like constant. So, um, you know, definitely not complaining. You know, I chose to do it, so I need to, to kind of you yeah. know deal with it and and and, and navigate through it. But, um, yeah, I would probably say that's the, the the most difficult thing is 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 not being able to to to, to switch off. And I think I I'm really bad for it. So you know, one thing that I've had to kind of learn and improve on is like figure out ways to switch off because mm-hmm. I, I do think that it's it's not sustainable if you don't switch off. No, you're burnout. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's been things that I've, you know, introduced into my life to kind of help me like deal with it, but, um, not meditation. Yeah. Uh, n- n- not quite I, I, there yet. Not, not quite there yet. Um, <laughs> give I, it another couple yeah, of years. Yeah, probably, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe a year's time, um, I'll, I'll be a, a, a pro meditator, but, um, yeah, I, I, I've gone back to my sports and so just like yeah. playing a bit more tennis and, and, you know, taking some time out there has been really good. Take your mind off it because you can't think about that when you're playing a game. So it's a yeah, exactly. You know, the good thing about tennis is, yeah, when you're on the court, like all you're focusing on mm. is, is, a, is a tennis ball. So that's, that's really good. Um, but yeah, you know, when you're when you're hyper ambitious and you want to build, you know, a, a global company and, and you've, you know, you've got, um, you know, kind of big plans and you want to move quickly, you need to be prepared to, yeah. to work, you know, very very hard and you just need to accept that that's yeah you know like part of the job so um as long as you're kind of having fun and the people that you're working with are are, are kind of you know aligned with you and, and mm-hmm. you enjoy working with them then it makes it easier um you know but yeah it's it's, it's, a, it's a really good experience for you know young people yeah, it's a steep learning curve yeah especially you... after, like with the pandemic as well and everyone's been used to working at home a bit more like opening an office and then having everything else it's a lot to take on yeah and the, and the pandemic was interesting like you know lo- like launching a company is, is is hard no matter when you do it and then obviously the pandemic was you know, made everyone's life you know significantly harder um and, and and launching a company during that phase was 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 a really unique challenge you know and, and it was like small things because you don't really think about um what the pandemic actually affects on a day-to-day basis but for a small business like us, when we were launching at that time, we the team didn't know each other. We were hiring people that we'd never met in person before. Yeah. Um, I was hiring people for the first time in my career. So it made it a bit more difficult to, to get that right because not only had I never hired people before, but I'd also like never hired people virtually. So yeah. you, you took it, it removed that kind of gut feel that you get from a person when you meet them. So that, that was challenging. And then when you, when you, when you got over that obstacle of hiring the, the individuals, um, spending time with them was impossible. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you know, you're hiring this remote team and it was a new company, but there was no culture in the company because it was so new. So, yeah. you know, building a culture requires a team to be in a room and- you I'm know, a control freak. I think I would yeah. have struggled with that a little bit. Yeah, and, and, and that's the other thing as well is, you know, at, at the very early days, it was it was a very new team, new individuals, new relationships, no one had ever met anyone. Um, and, you know, 
obviously with that there's limited kind of trust right because mm-hmm. it's so new everyone is so is, is so new in the organization but you know we were very lucky that we built up that trust between all of us um you know very quickly and, and, and now we're in like a really good place and, and the core team is great and, and we're in the office like three days a week which is oh, nice. which is good yeah. um but yeah it was a, it was a challenging challenging time for any business i think Apart from when there's a storm, can't get in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's been a lot of wild weather. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we were supposed to do this on Monday, and, and yeah, all, all the trains got cancelled because of the storm. So it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so is Thrills self-funded? You mentioned that you um, had some funding from the old idea, um, but then did you have you invested any of your own money? Like, what sort of investment have you been looking for, and you are looking for? Yeah, so um, our funding profile is um, the, the first year when I was building the initial platform, it was self-funded. Um, so I, I, I funded it um, mm-hmm. alongside our very first investor, um, but there was a small amount, um, you know, and that kind of lasted a year while we were building the initial yeah. platform. And then when that started to grow and do quite well, uh, we were able to raise like a friends and family round. Okay. Um, so that was about five hundred forty thousand um, pounds, and then um, we used that to, um, to 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 build thrills and, and take that to market, start growing it, um, and then in, at the end of twenty twenty. Um, we, we started raising the next round, which we closed at about £830,000. Um, and that was friends and family, plus some new investors um, and our first institutional investor. So that mm-hmm. was a Canadian um, family office called the Granicus Group. Um, they're behind a, a very, very big YouTube company that's got like 45 million followers. Oh, perfect, like matching Yeah, as well. exactly. So that was nice synergies there. Um, and we raised money from them. Um, so yeah, in, in total, you know, since um, middle of, uh, sorry, end of uh, 2019, we've raised about one and a half million pounds. Um, and we're, we're now um, in, the, in the midst of, of raising our next round, which will be multiples of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we're, we're kind of um, you know, looking to kind of close that up in the next couple of weeks. And you've looked into SEIS and EIS investments. Yeah, exactly. You've been reading so, a lot about that, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that's you know, one of the, the really good things about um, launching a business in the UK is is you, is you get the the SEIS and EIS benefits for investors. So mm-hmm. you know, if you're HMR, HMRC approved. Um, and it's quite a difficult process actually to yeah. get the company approved. There's a lot of pressure on the company yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you if you if you if you mess it up and they end up investing and they don't get the relief, then that's really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were hyper prepared and it took a lot of time. And I think my background helped us kind of navigate through that process. But yeah, at the time when we were um, applying for it, we we couldn't afford to pay advisors to help mm-hmm. us. So it was kind of all. Um, you know, us individually doing it and, and putting the pack together. And I remember it was like a you know, 30, 40 page pack that we had to submit to HMRC. Mm-hmm. We got the approval and, and then, you know, you get your advance assurance and then you can, you know, you can go out yeah. and raise money. It's like the golden ticket. Yeah, exactly. Finally go out and raise the money. Exactly. And that obviously helps the investors like significantly. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. effectively um, you know, like 70% downside protection for any investor yeah. um, you know, when they invest in a startup. So, um, yeah, really, really positive um, you know, t- tax break. And yeah, I hope um, the, the government doesn't uh, remove it. I don't think they are, which is yeah. good. So those of you who aren't aware of the investment reliefs, or maybe have heard of SEIS and EIS, but aren't aware what they are. So SEIS is Seed Enterprise Investment Scheme, and EIS is Enterprise Investment Scheme. So SEIS and EIS, and I'm going to call them that, they are a bit more reluctant. So they're going to give you higher rates if you want to lend. So to grow, you need debt or equity. So if you're not going to get favorable rates, you then look to outside investments. 
and SEIS and EIS help eligible companies become more attractive. And that's because the investors personally receive certain tax reliefs for their investment. And they receive the tax reliefs in their self-assessment tax returns. So SEIS um, is the first stop. I mean, you know all of this. You are, when we had a chat, you were very up to date. It was lovely. It was great. Um, so it's your first stop, and it's only available for companies in their infancy, and that's the first two years of trading. So I think you're probably maxing out of SEIS at the Yeah, moment. I think there was a limit. I think it was like... £150,000 or something that you could raise. In entirety, rather than per annum. So it's more just to get it off the ground. If you don't have friends, family, or your own amount, it's a good way of getting you at least like to build a platform or to at least employ someone to help you out. And But as soon as you receive any sort of investment from a venture capital trust, I'm going to call that a VCT, or EIS, then you can't use SEIS anymore. So you have to be really careful if you are starting up a business to make sure that you max out your SEIS first and then you move on to the other beliefs. And then EIS is the big ticket that every investor probably wants because you can raise uh, money in the first seven years of starting up a business and you get a really good relief. And you can raise 5 million each year up to a maximum of 12 million unless you're a knowledge intensive company. Now, I won't go into too much detail. That'll be in a separate podcast, so don't worry if anyone wants to listen to it. But a knowledge-intensive company is anyone that's um, creating intellectual property, and then you're going to derive your sales from IP. So HMRC love that. They love R&D. You've given R&D relief. They love innovation. So extra tax reliefs if you're in that area. And I think Thrills does dip into that area. And then investors. If you have decided you want to invest some money, what tax reliefs can you get? And this would have been in your pack that you've like, if you're looking for investors, you would be waving these reliefs in their face to be like, please give me some money. It's really low risk in terms of because of the tax relief. And investors get tax relief because it's a way for the government to recognize that investing in a startup is risky. Majority of startups either struggle to get off the ground or it might take a while to reach their growth potential. So to compensate investors for the risk and entice them to do it, they get certain tax reliefs. So the first one is income tax relief. Now under SEIS you get 50% relief and under EIS you get 30%. But the main thing is, say you've invested £100,000 and it's in EIS for example, you will get £30,000 of tax relief in your tax return. And that can go off, go against any other tax that you're going to pay from other business revenues so say you've got your salary say you've got a couple of businesses you've received dividends from say you've sold some nfts you get thirty thousand pounds worth of tax relief um, just by investing that hundred thousand so it's a really really good and generous relief because there aren't many in tax yeah i mean they normally want to take it rather than yeah, give it no, to it's, you it's, it's amazing it's really so. great And then the other one you need to be aware of is capital gains tax. So this is when you sell the shares. So the big thing for companies like Thrills is to make sure that they maintain their um, advanced assurance and their EIS status for three years. And then if an investor decides to sell their shares after that three-year period and the company has maintained that its um, status, then the shares are exempt from tax. But you can only claim that if you've already received income tax relief. So you can't, if you've decided that maybe you've not got enough income in the year, maybe you're making some losses because of various other investments that you've got, 
if you haven't claimed your income tax relief and then you try to sell your shares, you won't get the exemption. So it's little things like that to be aware of as an investor and make sure that you don't miss out on anything. And then a couple of other ones, say you've sold some NFTs or the big one now is crypto. Say you've made a massive gain in crypto because you were smart and you knew <laughs> what to invest in. I still don't understand it, but say you're really good and you made a big gain in crypto, you can roll over that gain and defer it into your EIS shares or your SEIS shares. And the, you don't get out of paying the tax. It just means you get to kick the can down the road. And that's quite handy for cash flow as well, especially if you've got quite a big gain. And then one of the other last ones is, say for any reason, and obviously this will not happen for thrills, but say the shares are going to be sold at a loss. Say we have another worldwide pandemic hmm. for, or World War Three happens, yeah. who knows at the moment. Um, for any reason the shares are sold at a loss, then the investor can make an election for the for loss relief. And the easiest way is, I will put this up on the screen as well, but um, say you've invested £10,000, it's EIS, you get 30% tax relief, so you get £3,000 off your 10000 so that means you've got £7,000 worth of investment. So you've already received £3,000 back through other sources. If the company is making um, a loss, then you can claim tax relief on that £7,000, which is your net investment. So say you're uh, probably going to be a high rate taxpayer if you're investing money here, there and everywhere. Yeah. So your tax rate's going to be 45%. You get 45% times that 7,000 and you get that as an additional tax relief. And overall, what that means is out of your £10,000 investment, you've actually only lost 3,850. So with EIS shares, that means that you have a 61.5% return. And with SEIS, you get a 72.5% return, which investing that is a great return yeah especially if the company goes bust and it's a zero so, yeah um yeah that's that's the way that, that we present it to investors mm -hmm. is it's basically unlimited upside because you don't pay tax on the yeah. on the gains and then yeah if the company goes to zero and there's no value in the company you still get between 0.6 and 0.7 back yeah. as an investor it's amazing so it's really attractive yeah because usually if some like say in crypto if you invest ten thousand, you can end yeah. up with nothing you nothing. can actually end up yeah. with a lot worse yeah and NFTs, I mean, I haven't invested in any NFTs yet. Maybe one day. Yeah. I feel like I should have been an early adopter of all of this, but I'm far too sceptical. The auditor in me yeah. doesn't quite, can't quite part with my money yet. Yeah, it makes you pretty jealous when you see these guys that invested in Bitcoin yeah. when it was like 5p and, and now yeah. it's like 50,000. So, um, yeah, some, some big risk takers. <laughs> mm -hmm. Seen a lot more people investing over the pandemic, so... Quite a lot of people had maybe some cash that they didn't know what to do. They bought when um, the first lockdown happened in March, and now their investments are so high. Even in airlines, even though airlines went down, they're going to go back up. Electric battery um, manufacturers, electric cars are coming back with yeah. a bang. Yeah, I mean, the market's going crazy, and yeah, I think mm. it's one of the, the very few recessions that, that we've been in and, and the crises that we've been in where the majority of the population are actually going to leave it with more income than they than they had prior to, to entering it because yeah. people who are at home, especially like high net worths, they're, they're all at home, not traveling, not going out, not mm -hmm. dining. So there is always this buildup of disposable income and you're, yeah. you're sitting at home as like, yeah, I'll put a couple grand in crypto, I'll put a couple grand in stocks, I'll put a couple grand in startups. Um, so that's what's obviously driven yeah. like the, the insane prices in the markets right now. I mean, it's great. Everyone has a bit more of um, 
a fund when you're not going out for a fancy dinner yeah. <laughs> in London. I mean, I do miss going out for dinner quite a lot. Though. Yeah, you know, it's good. It's good. Like, no things warming up, and you know, mm. there's some level. Can't get a table normality. anywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. that's I the, never the had this problem. much trouble trying to book a table. I tried yeah. to book one for Saturday evening for five of us, and you can't get a table anywhere in London. Yeah, it's well, getting it's getting really busy, and like even this morning when I was traveling in. Bank station was super busy again, which yeah. is good, and and there seems to be more life in the city, and um, I think there is definitely you know return to normality. Hopefully, on the we need it just as you know. Yeah. Other things are being announced in the news, which are a little bit worrying. So yeah, hopefully absolutely. that doesn't impact everything too much. Yeah. Oh, and the other point, investors, if you are getting on a little bit and you are thinking about future planning, EIS and SEIS shares are exempt from income um, income tax, inheritance tax. So it's something else to think about. So you don't need to worry about transferring those shares over to your children quite yet because they're not going to pay any tax on them anyway. Yeah, no, it's a great scheme. And mm. there's, you know, there's in the early days when, when we were going um, around with the begging bowl asking friends and family yeah. to invest it was it was basically the number one reason why they invested yeah a lot of them obviously knew me and and, and they and they you know, thought i was a, a good custodian for their capital but um a lot of them were, were kind of you know senior professionals and mm-hmm. in investment banks and private equity firms that are making you know a couple hundred grand a year and paying you know 100 100 grand plus tax mm-hmm. every year so they were looking at ways to minimize that and you know the way that investors look at it is like okay I can either give that tax to the tax man and it's, mm-hmm. and it's zero and then there's, you know, that's it, it's gone, gone it's to the gone tax forever. man, it's gone forever. Yeah. Or I can, you know, get some of it back and allocate it to a startup that could go to a billion and, and, and I can be yeah. very, very wealthy from it with, with a lot of protection. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's good to have like a balanced portfolio. And I said that to all of our investors is like, you don't put all your money in startups. It's really important yeah. that you diversify across like different asset classes. You need your fingers in a lot of pies. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's how most of our investors think about it is, you know, you know, they, they invest in startups as a percentage of their total um, investment amount, mm-hmm. you know, when they're allocating funds every every year. You only need one to take off for yeah. the returns to be great. Yeah. And you also, um, so what celebrities do you have on your books? Yeah, so we were really lucky to now have over a thousand. Um, oh, wow, a lot. Yeah, th- th- this time last year, we, we, we had less than a hundred. So we, we, we've 10x the book, which is really great and, and testament to, um, my, my colleagues that, that were the, the key force behind that um, and, and now we've got some some really big names we've got the best book in the UK uh, we've got entertainers we've got politicians we've got sports stars so um, yeah some of the names uh, include Katie Price uh, Kerry Katona Nigel Farage David Gower Matt Letizia, um you know, I reckon and, the sports and, yeah, are the, very popular yeah there's a lot of sports people and you know, we, we have some, some great cricketers great footballers yeah um, and, and like like anything, um, you know, everything grows over time and it takes a bit of time. And as I said, last year, we literally didn't have anyone. We didn't know anyone in the industry. Um, I've never worked in the celebrity market myself. None of the team had as well. But we um, you know, put our brains together and, and we, we, we didn't give up and we just persevered. And we've now infiltrated like a really highly guarded celebrity market. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, we're we're now you know pretty um, pally with with a lot of the agents, a lot of the yeah. influential Just people need a in book the market. Of agents, don't yeah, you? exactly. You know, and, and now you know we, we have a lot of direct access to probably over ninety percent of the celebrity book. 
um, and, and now we're moving into uh, a really exciting phase of the company and, and mm-hmm. with, the, with the new funding rounds, you know, we're going to be moving into premiership footballers and premiership yeah. football clubs. Oh, and guys are going to love that. A birthday yeah. message from their yeah. favourite footballer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and um, your birthday messages are really big. but um, And that's the funny thing because everyone actually thinks this business is only um, video me- uh, birthday video messages. But I thought um, that when I first yeah. read it. But then when you take a step back, you're like, actually, no, there's so many other ways. Yeah, and, and that's the and, and that's why the investors who, who spend time with me and understand the story and, and understand the vision get really excited about the business mm-hmm. because um, birthday messages is, is, is just one off about 100 different reasons why people are booking video messages. Um, so we, we have the, the birthday messages, which is a big part of the business, but other reasons include um, you know, anniversaries, graduations, um, super fans just wanting a message for themselves. Yeah. Um, inside jokes yeah jokes roasting like people like groups of guys like you'll get you'll get videos of of, of celebrities like making fun of their friends Um, and then you Nigel Farage who who we recently signed exclusively to to, to our business you know one of his biggest markets is actually gamers um, in the UK yeah like young young gamers booking um, like videos to basically make fun of their friends because they've like lost the game and they're like really really competitive so he's now become um, a, a icon in the gaming industry and, you would and never put those two no, together it's, yeah it's, it's hilarious and, and he loves it and it's, it's his name within the gaming circle is actually called big chungus um, <laughs> so yeah so it's uh it's nigel farage aka big chungus uh which has been doing really well uh, but then actually like the, the, the real interesting part of the business is um one of the fastest growing sides of the business is the the b2b side so mm-hmm. we, have a, we have a really fast growing um book of businesses particularly smes outside of london that are booking celebrities for instant brand endorsements mm-hmm. um and you know usually a brand endorsement will cost you a couple thousand pounds and it will take you know maybe four to six weeks to negotiate yeah. and get over the line whereas with us they can do that you know, they can do that in a couple of clicks for an average price of about 250 pounds yeah um so we have loads of reality stars and we have all these um, amazing small businesses across the uk and you know facial aesthetics tanning salons yeah. um dental practices um, you know, they're wanting to expand, wanting to grow, wanting to get some credibility to their brand um, and getting a celebrity to endorse that brand very quickly and very affordably um, is, is a real um, you know, prized asset for them. So that's like another big part of the business, which we've, we've barely scratched the surface. Yeah, I can see why that would be massive, especially like for their social medias. Yeah. And just even how do you as a small business, how do you even contact a local exactly. celebrity or yeah. someone that you know the name of? Because if you in, send them an Instagram message, more than likely they may not see yeah. it. And not all of them have their agents listed. Yeah. So it's a great yeah. way for everyone to get in contact with who they want yeah and maybe someone they're like actually they'd be quite good i never even thought about them yeah no that's been that's been like the real surprising part of, of the business that's grown like very fast and yeah we're now you know, putting a lot of focus towards that and, and and a big part of the new funding round is going to be focused on scaling that that vertical because um yeah it's, it's really beneficial for the businesses um, and, and it's obviously you know, fairly fair lucrative for the celebrities and, and we enjoy you know, adding value to, to, to both mm-hmm. parties. Do you have quite a lot of TikTok stars? Because that I think TikTok's taken over from Facebook or uh, I think I read an article the other day that it's um, got the most traffic at the moment on its site. Yeah, I mean, I think for the first time ever in Facebook's history, they've reported declining numbers 
Um, and I'm not surprised. Yeah, and, you know, and part of that reason was because m most consumers are, are now spending a lot more time on, on TikTok than they are on mm -hmm. Facebook. So yeah, TikTok's exploding and um, Eloise is behind the camera right now. Mm -hmm. Um, is our resident TikTok star in house, so um, she she looks after our TikTok, but she yeah. also um, you know helps find and identify other you know, new TikTok stars, and she yeah. works closely with with our talent team to um, you know recruit the TikTok stars that have done really well. Um, what's really interesting is is we've been able to to identify, recruit, and sign up um, up and coming TikTok stars yeah. who've then become so famous in the in the next six months. They blow up really quickly. Yeah, yeah. It just takes a few um, few videos. Yeah. And they all of a sudden they've got like hundreds of thousands of followers. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, and and they're very creative, and and they create really really cool content. Mm -hmm. um, very loyal, unique um, kind of niche followings. Um, and, and really big numbers, you know, lots of exposure and, and you know, these people are, are, are dying for the next video. So mm -hmm. we've been able to, 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 to get, I think, over you know, 150 or 200 TikTok stars now, which is, which is really good. So, um, yeah, I think they, they, they enjoy it as well. What sort of earnings can someone expect? So say you've got an up and coming TikTok star that happens to be listening yeah. or someone who's a bit more established and maybe not thought about branching into this area. What can they sort of expect? Yeah, no, it, it ranges completely between, um, you know, how, how, how famous and how willing the star is to put in the work. So mm -hmm. um, we, we have some celebrities that are making six figures. Um, they're, they're, they're willing to uh, do videos every single day, um, yeah. you know, for, for, for 30, 40 minutes, whatever it is. Um, we have some celebrities that, that charge um, higher prices and are yeah. not willing to kind of do so many a day, but they, they're still making um, you know, several thousand per week, which is really mm -hmm. good. Um, and then we have um, some individuals that price themselves really low, just want to give back to their fans. They're charging one, two, three pounds, and they're just oh, doing really? loads. Yeah, and you and, and they they're That's not in nice it for the though. money. They, they just yeah. they just want to connect with their fans. And um, I think over the Christmas period, we, we had one um, individual that that put his price down to to, to one pound, and you know he just got completely like flooded with bookings. But you know, the, the, it's good the exposure fans for them. Yeah, as exactly. Well. Yeah, they can see the long term benefit. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's, it's 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 really interesting, and you know, you know someone like Nigel's done over, you know, three and a half thousand video messages, yeah. um, you know, in his career. So it's, it's, he loves it's being been... um, in front of the camera though, doesn't yeah, he? He's, yeah, yeah, he's, he's great. He's yeah. He's, he, he's, a, he's a charismatic individual, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and yeah, he's, he's, he's been doing really well on the platform. You are listening to Tax Able with Natasha Heron. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please click subscribe to listen to new episodes as they're released. Make sure you're following on Instagram, TikTok, and the newly launched YouTube channel.